Hello, everyone, and welcome. This is Let's Sleep On It, Reclaiming Parenthood, the podcast. And I'm your host, Taylor Kulik, a sleep and well-being specialist and occupational therapist. My mission with this podcast is to examine the parenting narratives that dominate our culture and grow together as parents. Here, we will talk about biological infant sleep, as well as many other parenting-related topics. And you'll also hear real empowering journeys from parents who are parenting against the grain. I hope that you walk away from each episode feeling inspired, empowered, and supported. Please remember that none of the information shared in this podcast is medical advice, and you should always speak with a trusted healthcare provider if you have any concerns. Let's dive into today's episode. You guys, I'm so excited to share active skin repair with y'all. I started using this product a few months ago with my family and it has replaced so many different products in my medicine cabinet. We are always looking for more natural, non-toxic solutions and active skin repair replaces neosporin and ointment um, and all kinds of things. And it really can be used for so much. It can be used for minor wounds, cuts, burns, chafing, rashes, insect bites, really any skin irritation. I even have been using it for diaper rash and irritation recently, and it's amazing. And the great thing about it is that it is non-toxic, it's antibiotic-free, and it doesn't sting. So it's safe to use around the head, the eyes, the mouth, and the ears, and it really works. So you can go to bldgactive.com and use the code Taylor to save 10% off of your order and get free shipping. Hi everyone, I am so excited today to have Nadine Artemis joining me and we are going to be talking all about the sun and safe skin exposure. And um, when I have talked about this before on my Instagram account, I have gotten some heat for it. Um, but I've also gotten an an incredible amount of curiosity and wanting to learn more about this topic. And so I think this is an episode that you guys are going to find fascinating and that you're really going to like. Nadine Artemis is the author of two books, including Renegade Beauty and Holistic Dental Care. She's an innovative aromacologist and the creator of Living Libations, which is a luxury line of organic, wildcrafted, non-GMO serums, immune-enhancing formulas, medicinal blends, and essential oils. Her healing creations, along with her concept of renegade beauty, encourage effortlessness and inspire people to rethink conventional notions of beauty and wellness. She is a key speaker at health and wellness conferences and a frequent commentator on health and beauty for media outlets. I am so excited to have Nadine here with us. Nadine, we were actually just talking a little bit before I started recording, um, but Nadine, I have talked about safe and gradual sun exposure and the importance of the sun um, before on my Instagram account. And I always get a lot of heat for it. And so I knew this was a topic that I wanted to have somebody, an expert talk about on my podcast. Um, So I would be so grateful if you would just share with the community a little bit more about yourself and your background um, and yeah, who you are. Um, I always, I never know quite where to jump in <laughs> into the story of, of the self, but um, I am creator of Living Libations, which is a, a natural a skincare and oral care line. I've been doing that for a while since I opened up North America's first full concept aromatherapy store when I was 22. 
Um, so that was a little while ago. And, um, and I've been making my beautiful products ever since. And I've written two books. Uh, one is Renegade Beauty and the other is Holistic Dental Care. And in Renegade Beauty, I do have a deep dive into the subject of the sun, which we're going to go into today. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, basically the whole, the general premise of Renegade Beauty is, you know, also knowing that it's not another bottle or cosmetic that's going to revive our spirit and revive our beauty. So it's about just sort of stepping back and engaging with the elements and finding that the the elements are really like our essential and foundational sort of beauty attendance. And um, cause we're not going to find it in another bottle, even if it's a beautiful bottle, like from living libations. Um, but we want to connect in to our relationship to the cosmos and to the elements. And so we want to engage with the air, fresh air and wind and fresh water and baths and, you know, the showers, that's like how we're engaging with the element of water. And then from the earth, we have the beautiful bounty of food and beautiful oils and plants that we can apply to our body for beauty, hair care, oral care. And then there's also the element of the sun, which, you know, we can get into if you want. Yeah. And so we just need, we need to step outside of our houses sometimes and really you know, know that there's that whole other part of the universe that is there and in relation to us to, um, you know, help us live our lives. We can't live without those. And so it's just time to just go, yeah, that is a part of us as well. And that may sort of sound far out there, but I like to use that as the foundation of what we're talking about, because, you know, life is more than, you know, little you know, what we're eating or what we're putting on our skin or, you know, getting blackout curtains. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that's so, that's so valid and so true because we are just increasingly becoming more and more disconnected from, from nature and from the earth. Right. And, and if, then, yeah. And I was just to say, you made me think too. And what's at the, at joining all of this is, you know, the Krebs cycle, the circadian rhythms. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what's the, the rhythm and the cycles of the earth and of our being awake and asleep and our nights and our days, there's a whole, um, you know, there's light, you know, getting daylight is works, uh, speaks to our circadian rhythms. And mm-hmm. um, if we're inside and just looking at a computer screen all day, we go outside and then the light, we, we have to, it's hard for our eyes to adjust. And um, then we're kind of cutting ourselves off from information that we don't even know all the beauty and the bounty of it. Like we still, as much as we know with science, we still don't know everything there is to know about a sunbeam or about those spectrums of light. But we do know that when we're engaged and just, you know, looking at horizon lines and sunshine and sunrises and sunsets, that that reaches the superchiasmatic nucleus in the center of the brain. And then there's a whole bunch, a whole cascade of, of things that happen in the body that we don't even think about with the hypothalamus and the endocrine system. And so there's a lot of stuff we can do to sort of manage our, the symptoms of life or the things that get unbalanced. But underneath, underneath it all, we need to remember that we're a design of the cosmos and that we're a part of the cosmos. Absolutely. I love that. 
Nadine, I would love it if you could just kind of give us a brief overview of your background, maybe any education or training that you have, and also answer us the question of whether the things that we're about to talk about are evidence-based because, you know, I like science. I like evidence, mm -hmm. but I talk a lot about the fact that science and evidence, while they're helpful and important, they do not give us all of the answers and mm -hmm. the way that it's designed, science is designed, cannot answer all of the questions about life and humanity. But I know that a lot of listeners that might be kind of a hard concept for them. So just maybe if you could give us an overview of your, your kind of educational background and where you're pulling the information that we're going to talk about from. Sure. Well, also, yes, science, there's a lot that's good. But what I love about quantum physics is that it's like science, but it allows the mystery of mm -hmm. life at the same time, because we know, but we cannot forget the sort of je ne sais quoi of life. Like there's going to be so much we can know, but we always have to allow for that, the mystery part. And then while I'm speaking about this kind of stuff, it's not like I actually have, um, formal education in like scientific backgrounds or certainly not quantum physics. So if, if you're looking for a relationship that way, you may not find it. Mm -hmm. I have written a book on holistic dental care. I am not a dentist. I am not a dental hygienist, but I do have teeth and yeah. I certainly want to know how to take care of them. And I also think that we're at, uh, I also think we need to undo a little, we need our dentists, we need our experts and we need all of that. But we also want to go to the dentist as an informed client and be a partnership with our health professionals, not just like handing it over, sort of lying on the table and not knowing, you know, what we're getting into. So I think that's key. Um, other than that, I, you know, I have a fairly, normal education. I have a university degree in philosophy and women's studies. <laughs> and uh, other than that, I have uh, over 25 years of formulating cosmetics and skincare and oral care products. But other than that, I'm really just a human with a body that wants mm -hmm. to know how we work and how we work with the world that we're surrounded in. Yeah. And I love that. And I don't think, you know, I talk about this a lot too. I don't think that any one professional or expert is the gatekeeper of information. And I think we, we do have to kind of unlearn this idea of, you know, experts are great. Specialists are great, but they're not, they don't, they're not the only ones that have the answers and they're not the only ones that can do research and learn and explore and, and learn about the body in the world. So I am, I totally, I love that, but I know that is a hard concept for some people. Yes. So, but I in my books, I love weaving in science, you know, mm -hmm. and everything because we, it's so great. Like we love it. And it's yeah. great because we can also use the science and look at the studies from things like the new England medal of journal, uh, you know, the new England journal of medicine mm -hmm. or, uh, the review, the scientific review panel, like the Cochrane reviews. And we can look at those studies, for example, and learn about uh, sunscreen and, the, you know, the whole thing there. So we can, I love using science, you know, every, you know, my books are filled with it and applying it to the body and like, how is this working? Also, because if we get too specialized and you can get a bit siloed because everything's connected as well. And we don't want to lose sight of the interconnectivity. Right. Exactly. Okay, well, let's dive into talking about the sun then. So Nadine, what is the effect of the sun on the body? Well, 
I think we, you know, I certainly grew up in a time where it's like, don't go in the sun without the sunscreen and all mm -hmm. of that. And it also, I mean, it didn't work a lot, you know, it wasn't like I'd still be getting burns and whatever, you know, right. as a teen. And also I knew there was a lot of people saying no, but ah, it felt so good. You know, I felt happier. Yeah. I felt good. I liked rosy cheeks, like all of those things. And um, I felt stronger, even those things, but we didn't know anything back then, but I still like to get my tan. But anyway, go, you know, forward, I, you know, twenties. Now I'm working with, I'm taking trips to the desert and also working with like what plant oils and like pigments are working with the sun. Uh, as I was developing a product called Everybody Loves the Sunshine, which is like a sun harmonizer. So it can extend your time in the sun, but it's not a sunscreen and it's not a sunblock. But we're using the plant pigments um, that are really good for the melanocyte layer, which is the layer of the epidermis that it creates the melanin when you're getting uh, a suntan. Mm -hmm. um, so when we really, so I also like to look at like, so we're told not to be in the sun and there's all this stuff, but I always like to look at like stepping back and like, how does the body take care of itself? Like, what is the body designed with? What does it need? So when we look into the science of it and we look at the, our, the biology of our bodies, we know there are thousands of vitamin D receptors all over the body. And the way they get filled is with being in the sun. And now we have vitamin D supplements, which are great and useful. And you may ask, well, now that we have that, maybe we don't need to be in the sun. However, the, it creates two different types of vitamin D. So with the supplement, you have this fat soluble vitamin D and with your sun in the skin, there's a process, there's a whole, you know, it's like the sun beams touch your skin and then a whole bunch of things happen that are beneficial for the body. And there's still more to discover, which is really cool. So we need to fill our vitamin D receptors, which you can do with supplementing. Um, but with the sun on skin, we're creating a water soluble uh, vitamin D, whereas the, the vitamin, the supplements are fat soluble vitamin D. Being in the sun is also cleanses the blood. We create things like antimicrobial peptides. Uh, even specifically, one peptide is called LL37, and that's a short chain amino acids. And when we produce that, from the sunshine, that's a little peptide in the body that actually um, down regulates cytokine storms, for example. So that's a handy thing that's just generated naturally from your cheerful, pleasant time in the sun. Mm -hmm. So there's a whole bunch of biological body systems that literally require sunshine to function. It's our form of photosynthesis and it's very important to the body. It's called vitamin D, but it's actually not a vitamin. It's more like a precursor hormone that then is like a catalytic response in the body that creates a cascade of positive things in the body to help the immune system, to help the skin. And um, now there's even like probably more now, cause this is like from a few years ago, but there's like 10,000 studies. I mean, sorry, 3000 studies that show that with ample vitamin D levels, a whole bunch of diseases are like, you know, not going to happen or like slashed. Um, so for example, if you're sufficient in vitamin D, your risk of breast cancer is slashed by 50%, which is huge. It's yeah. like one of the best things you can do. Uh, like not drinking alcohol maybe reduces it by 15%. 
So that's pretty big. Um, for example, juvenile diabetes, the number one cause of juvenile diabetes is insufficient vitamin D in the pregnant, in the pregnancy phase of the mother, which right? Like sunshine. We didn't so think that was connected. So preventable. Um, but we have a huge deficit now because we're like decades of like shunning the sun. Mm-hmm. So of course we don't want to burn. However, the body can deal with the burn. The DNA can deal with the burn uh, much more efficiently. It's like, you know, the skin has those mechanisms in it. And then it can, the body can deal with that better than it can dealing with being in sunscreen for like six hours a day and processing that. Um, Because besides the chemicals in sunscreen, which are devastating enough on fertility, and many other body systems, just the endocrine system in general. Um, they're carcinogenic, for example, oxybenzene, which is um, one of the active ingredients in many sunscreens. It's been banned in Europe, but it's, it's quite prevalent. It is not a carcinogenic, is non-carcinogenic. Oxybenzene is non-carcinogenic until it's exposed to sunlight. So that's a bit of a problem. Yeah. Now, besides all the chemicals, the main issue with sunscreen, um, and this, well, so when they did the Cochrane, Cochrane Review takes a bunch of scientific studies and bring, and then analyzes them together and then kind of creates one study. So I believe for this one, they merged either 14 to 17 studies and it's in my book, but the short, you know, the summary is generally that with the use of sunscreen, there's more freckles, more moles and more instances of skin dysbiosis then people that spent more time in the sun had more recreational use in the sun or worked out in the sun or lived closer to the equator mm. those people also had less chances of getting melanoma whereas melanoma and this was this was in the new england journal of medicine i think in the 90s so this before the workforce was basically in front of a screen all day or our students for that matter um uh, a bigger cause was fluorescent lighting, synthetic Mm -hmm. lighting, you know? um, So there's a really deep, you know, understory to all of this. And and I love looking at the science of it. And then one of of the greatest guiding lights in this area is Dr. Bernard Ackerman. And he wrote a really thick book. And he is the founding father of dermatopathology, which is like a little more... um, serious than dermatology. It's the study of disease on the skin specifically, um, more serious diseases. So he's the founding father of that. He's a huge advocate of um, sunbathing. Really? And he dismantles, it's it's called uh, Myth on Myth, the Sun and Melanoma. And like probably hundreds of studies he goes into. Um, It's a really great book. So uh, there's that. And then, uh, but the main, main issue is that when we use sunscreen, the sunscreen separates the UVA from the UVB rays. Mm -hmm. So now we're not getting the UVB delivering the vitamin D, which is the whole point of being in the sun. Other than that, it feels good. And then we're just getting UVA, which is on its own going to damage the skin. Yeah. So if you think of like a truck driver, that's like, you know, got that one arm and that driver's side window, a lot of the time, probably years, <laughs> days and days, and it might have more freckles, that kind of thing. It's because this, the window filters out the UVB and you're just getting the UVA. So it's kind of a, an example of that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So yeah, then we're not getting any benefits of the sun. We've also anesthetized our skin to like knowing, is it getting red? Like, do I need to get out of the sun? Have I had enough? Right. Um, so we're taking away like, you know, knowing more information our alarm system. Yeah. Our alarm system, our communication system, you know, mm -hmm. which the skin really is. It's like this interface. It's an organ. We forget because we're seeing it all. It's just like there, but it's like the interface of a lot of communication that's going on and it's receptive. It's like between you and the world. It's this, you know, tapestry that's got so much going on. It communicates with the hormones, the nerves, the endocrine system. I mean, the whole, the digestive system, it's a huge part of the innate immune system. Right. And so, you know, it's not just this sack that we got to just try and prevent wrinkles or that it just gets wrinkles at the end of life. It's a living thing. It's the moist envelope of our soul. It's like wrapping us up and it's made to engage with the cosmos, with the elements. So that's, we always have to look at what's the design of the body. So we go back to the VDRs, the vitamin D receptors. And we're also, then if we look at history, we're also seeing obviously many cultures, you know, were using the sun. They also had it more, they were realizing it's pretty much responsible for the life, the crops, the whole existence mm -hmm. um, in ancient Greece, the original Olympic athletes were required to work outside because the sun developed more muscles. Wow. Um, fascinating. It is. It's like, so we were really working and reveling with the sun. In 1902, Niels Feisen won the Nobel Prize for his work with heliotherapy, which Dr. Auguste Rolier later built upon, and he was building sun therapy clinics in Laysan, Switzerland, which, you know, thousands of people from Europe and around the world were coming to, to heal their rickets and tuberculosis and uh, Dowinger humps and many diseases of the time, because the bones have a real relationship to the sun. Like they require, they so need the D3 in there. And so, um, and you can see Google images from that, from Dr. Auguste Rolier, look at the clinics in Switzerland, because it's fascinating to see, and you can see, you know, they're black and white photos, but how it's like a hospital, but all the beds are on verandas, the kids mm. are outside, like basically in these sort of diapers getting snow, even in, I mean, sun, even in the winter. Yeah. And then you can see some before and afters of like children coming in with like curved spines and wounds, like, you know, and just like hunched. And then a year later, and it's black and white, but you can see they're like tanned and upright and healthy and, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> So what are some of the healing powers of the suns? I think you just started to kind of talk about that, but is there anything else that like, can the sun heal us? Oh yeah. I mean, it will, if it's preventing disease, I think it is healing us. And right. I think when there is compromise, I mean, I, when I, if I've ever had a flu and it's the middle of the winter, I mean, all I want to do is like find a patch of earth and some sunshine. Right. And like, Cause mm -hmm. I feel like that's what will revive me, but I'm in Canada and can't yeah. find any for several months but you know I will like open up my windows and uh by mid-February we can get vitamin d again from the sun's rays so even though there's like three feet of snow all around I will I will 
barrel and start getting mm-hmm. my son again. I, um, or the, I think, yeah, <laughs> well, the benefits I think are, you know, we've talked about the anti antimicrobial peptides, filling up the vitamin D receptors is so key because mm-hmm. then we're preventing these bacterial lingons, which are very sticky and they can fill in the vitamin D receptor. And that's just an immediate shutdown of the immune system. So that's really key. So the only thing that I think that we're really afraid of is our skin and the sun. Like if I, if we said all these other things and it was going to, you know, yeah, prevent breast cancer and do all these things, it'd be like, yeah, great. But I don't want any wrinkles on my face. Right. Right. But even that relationship isn't what we thought it was either, because literally, again, the skin is designed to receive the sun's rays. We don't want to overdo it. Um, it's also key. Like you don't want to also get no sun and then just go to Bahamas one week a year. And then you're in it for a week. Cause that's like, you know, you kind of want to build up your melanin layers as you discussed, start slowly, start surely, um, and start slowly, but surely, but start in the spring mm-hmm. and you're building it up. And I've had so many people like from sort of Irish redheads <laughs> to, um, you know, to the Mediterranean people that really have no, no issues in the sun, but just like, or like a whole family, they felt they were pale. They're in Australia and they just started, you know, they started in their spring and then they were fine by June, July. Now, so I'm generally fine. Now, if I'm going to go to Hawaii, it's going to be, you know, going to have to ease into that a little bit more because the sun's really strong, Mm -hmm. but there's an app called D minder. Yeah. Yeah. It's so great. I, yeah, started I use it. This, I love it. Yeah. Because I ran out, obviously, you know, kind of run out around January. And then normally we're away in February, but we weren't this year, as many of us weren't. And then I was like, okay, when's the sun coming back? And I was, I thought it came in March, but then I was like, oh my God, I think it was like about February the 12th. It was coming back to generate vitamin D. So that's like, I started from there. So I really felt like I've built with the season this year, like mm-hmm. right, right away. Since February, I've been building, building my vitamin D up and it's been fun to watch. That's amazing. Yeah. I love the D minder app too. And it's like, I'm almost obsessed with it. Like I have to have it every time I'm outside. I'm always watching my, my, you know, projected vitamin D level. Um, and just like a personal story, I grew up wearing, wearing sunscreen and I was, I got sunburned all the time um, as a kid. And when I stopped using sunscreen very often, I very rarely use sunscreen. Um, probably the last, in the last like four or five years, I very rarely burn unless I am yep. just being irresponsible with the sun and not building up my skin tolerance and all of that. I do Same not burn. Story. My yeah. kids do not burn. Yep. Um, I also noticed a difference when I changed my diet. So that leads me to my next question. Are yep. there, can food or nutrition yes. impact your, your, the way that your skin reacts to the sun? And yes. are there foods that we should be focusing on eating? Yes. And there's studies I talk about in my book where there's studies that on foods that show they create an internal sunscreen. Mm-hmm. And of course that's all the pigment rich food. So your, your chlorophyll or your chlorella or your spirulina, uh, the red algae, acetaxanthin, lycopene and tomatoes, you know, rich sea buckthorn that we use in our sun oil, but you can also eat, uh, that's beautiful orange color. Um, then there's even some substances that I think also like, you know, like, well, you can take those as a vitamin form. It was so funny too, last or two years ago when we were in Hawaii, just this, you could tell he loved, he's just like a man that spends a lot of his days on the beach and talks to people and stuff. And, you know, he's beautiful tan. It's about 70. It was so funny because people are like, how are you not getting burned? He's talking about the red algae 
and the internal sunscreen. I was oh, wow. like, right on, dude. That's amazing. <laughs> it was it. awesome. Yeah, so we really can build up. And then there's, um, I've got an interview coming out soon, actually, and I don't normally interview people. Um, but my lovely friend has created this. There's, there's, a, there's a molecule that, that's been studied. It's a polyamine. And there's polyamine pathways, which are so, we know it's so good for longevity. And the molecule spermidine is found in everything in the universe, including sperm. It's in food, it's in cheeses, it's in um, like natto, it's in fermented foods, but we don't get that much of it. And uh, she found a way to concentrate an extract of it. So she has a product called Primidine. And that has been fascinating because I actually started it about the same time in February where I was starting to tan again. And so as I've been getting tanned, I've had the the spermidine, it's almost like it's creating like an internal sunscreen because I'm finding it's like a little, it's like as I'm tanning, it's fading all the freckles from like other tans. So it's really, really neat. And there's so many studies. There's a new study that just came out and it really helps to harmonize the melanocyte layer, which again, this is where all the tans are coming from, where any, it's where, you know, if there's a skin dysbiosis, it's often in that melanocyte layer. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a mole kind of comes from the melanocyte layer. And so we really do need to harmonize that. And so um, I have an interview coming out with that. And I really recommend you listening to it because it's such a, an amazing substance that so, yeah, we haven't I'm- had access to. And, and people in like sort of the biohacker longevity world have been talking about it for mm-hmm. years. But like maybe you had to take like 40 capsules to kind of get the daily dose of like this algae. So mm-hmm. now, we, you know, in three capsules, you can take it. It's like this food nutrient and uh, fascinating, fascinating That's work so on that. And it helps with sleep. Oh, awesome. Like on a massive level. You should probably interview yourself. Everybody that's got an aura ring. Have you talked about that on your podcast? No. The, oh, aura, O-U-R-A, aura ring. It's uh, like a track, like a whatever, Fitbit realm. What are we calling those things? Uh, You know, that kind of realm, but it's a ring. And you you can work with it on airport mode. So you can turn off your phone because you can Mm. still do it through Bluetooth. Um, And it's really great because it will track your sleep, the REM, the deep sleep, the whole thing, your resting heart rate. And people, once they start taking the primidine, which has got this spermidine in it, um, sleep scores just start like the deep sleep. I had three hours of deep sleep and like hour and a half of REM the other night. Wow. I was just like, so all of the parents listening right now (laughs) want to know, is this available now? And can you use it on babies and children? Yeah, I think you could, you can definitely put it in their food. Um, cause it is a food and it's very safe. Um, cause it's like, it's like a, it's a food, but it's in a capsule, you know, like well, now I'm going to go research. Yeah. And, oh, and it's find your interview. It's awesome. Well, the interview is awesome. about to come out. So I will, okay. I'll send that to you. Okay. Yeah. That'd be great. Awesome. Yeah. Um, okay. So we've talked about, you know, safe sun exposure, gradual sun yeah. exposure. A, a big question that I've gotten before from parents is what, like in practice, what does this look like, especially, um, related to children? Yes. Yeah. Well, one thing I found is kids aren't I mean, my kid wasn't at lying. They're not like lying and bathing for like Hmm. two hours, right? So you don't have that issue. It's the running around part. So first of all, 
let them get the sun when it's like in the good windows, right? So, and the, the 11 to three thing's a bit off. It's more like sunning till solar noon, which in your, who knows, in your area, it could be anywhere from like two, 12, it could be noon, it could be 1 p.m., it could be 2 p.m. Mm-hmm. So know what solar noon is your area because of the daylight savings thing, it can shift. Right. So here in the summer, our solar noon is really one o'clock. Okay. Just FYI up in this 44th parallel here. Um, so, so know that, like know your, and then know your skin type. Like, are you Mediterranean? Are you Irish? Yeah. <laughs> right. So, you know, so then, and then, so it's going to be, cause it's going to be different for everybody. Like, right. And so that, that Irish person that hasn't seen the sun in a few years, that's like, you know, 10, 15 minutes Mm -hmm. for a few weeks when the sun's out before noon, you know, also noon might be a great time because it's, you're going to get a little more concentrated in a short amount of time. So if you have less time, like most people are not able to sunbathe, like, you know, every day in the morning because people have jobs, (laughs) Yeah, but maybe you can get out on your lunch break and you get that like 20, 30 minutes Mm -hmm. of sun, which is great. And you want to expose as much of your skin as possible because um, it just also makes it more efficient. You know, you can tan in less time. And really, you know, just tanning your arms isn't going to really get your vitamin D going because you want to, you, knowing you're using your, tan, your sunbathing to activate your body systems, activate your immune system, activate your antimicrobial peptides and all that juicy stuff that goes with it. Mm. So it's like, also we have to almost prioritize it as well. Like I, luckily, I mean, I design my own schedule being uh, the creator of the business, but I look on the, on, you know, the weekend, like Sunday and I'll be like, okay, where are the sunny windows? At least what we know of with the weather right now and plan my workflow around that mm-hmm. in the summer anyway. Right. And uh, it's just, it's important, I find, because it's to me, it's one of the most foundational things that I do for health and beauty is have yeah. that sunbathing time. Yeah, absolutely. I, I did what you just mentioned. I usually I will try because my son usually naps from like 12 to 2. And yeah. so I will try to take like 20 or 30 minutes outside um, and just sunbathe. And I usually get at yeah. least like five or 6,000 IUs and yeah. And I, I'm tracking it on my DMinder app. And that's one of the, cause it is, especially for parents, you know, it is hard sometimes, especially when it's not summertime, maybe it's springtime or fall time. Yeah. It's hard to get outside as much as I, we would ideally to totally. be getting that vitamin D. You really, that's what I mean. You kind of have to really start going, okay, it's a priority and mm-hmm. like kind of getting deep about it. And like, kind of restructuring things like where possible or like, oh yeah, I will make that moment or yeah, let's get him napping so I can get outside or whatever the thing yeah. is. Also on the interesting of like topicals, because we're talking about children and like, what about the sun? Cause yeah, you definitely, you know, you don't want to burn the kid at all, nor yourself. Um, and there's so many solutions for that. So first, so everybody loves the sunshine, just the, the golden tanning oil, again, it's going to give more time in the sun, even for babies and stuff. Um, Again, but it's just like a few minutes and you're watching the skin, you know, and then you just put a little hat on, put a little cotton shirt on. Um, yeah. I definitely am into that more than the, the swimming things. But, and then, cause that's all like synthetic, but sometimes you got to do what you got to do. And it's so much easier to even put like a, 
poly shirt on a kid and like let them play in the sun all day, you know, without worry. Um, but then we also make everybody loves the sunshine with zinc. So we don't make a sunscreen. We kind of got one or the other. This zinc is a block. And what it does is it deflects the rays. So they don't, they just bounce mm. off your skin. And um, if you're going to look for something with zinc, you want to non-nanoize zinc and you want to make sure that it's like in, in a good sea of ingredients. Um, and so that's good for times, you know, when you need just the, the block and you can't wear the, the clothes. Also, there's really neat things I talk about in my book with vitamin C. You can make a spray and you can just spray it on just before the kids go outside. And it's like a waterproof sun block. It's really cool. Wow. And also um, melanotan. No, sorry. A melanotan is a peptide. It also creates sun protection, but that's a little more advanced. But I meant to mention melatonin. Mm. Fascinating. It can also be uh, sun has sun protective qualities and you can make like um, it can prevent sun sun burning as well. Um, there's work from Dr. Hergote on that H-E-R-T-O-G-H-E, -H -E, French, uh, really awesome French doctor. And uh, look for his talk on melatonin on YouTube. It's a, it's a great, great lecture. And uh, it also, with the mel, I was wondering, because the melatonin melanocyte, mm -hmm they're really connected because I was like, oh, hey, and yeah, they're totally connected. And then melanotan is a peptide that actually can give you a tan and it has some protective qualities. And we haven't studied it yet, but I feel like the spermidine has some kind of, it's definitely like, I got to work it more to get the tan. It's really interesting. Yeah. So yeah, we got to think of like internal sunscreen and then also what not to do internally because when you put that body into the sun, like if it's a Coca-Cola, Mazzola fueled body, mm -hmm. the time in the sun and what's going to go on with the skin, you know, because uh, the processed polyunsaturated fatty acids, which is the po po processed PUFA oils, like again, corn, soy, Mazzola, canola, those oils, which right. really make up like in any kind of processed food, that kind of an oil is usually about 20% of the for food formula those oils show to have, you know, the most cause the most premature aging mm. and people with diets high in that often the studies found look about 20 years younger than their biological age. And those oils create melasma hyperpigmentation. Wow. That's yeah. That's so fascinating. And we're not told this stuff really. <laughs> it's just things that we aren't told at all. Yeah. It's like, well, it was, we're going to, if we're eating that type of food and we're like, our biological system, I mean, it's eventually going to be mm -hmm. shifting systems. In it's all connected. It's all interconnected. Yeah. We can't, we can't affect one system of the body or one part of the body and not expect other systems of the body to be, to respond or react in some way. Mm -hmm, exactly. And I think with our medical system as a whole, the Western medical system, we've really compartmentalized or they've really compartmentalized every yeah. system of the body. And so I think a lot of people have a hard time wrapping their head around that no, actually it's all very interconnected and what you do here can impact something over here. And I think that's hard because most of us have been raised within the Western medical system to mm -hmm. really believe that everything is, every part of the body and system of the body is really individual. Yes. Just all siloed parts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also if, you know, if you're, 
in if you're like you're listening to what I'm saying and it's kind of interesting, but it's still making you a bit nervous because of all the things we've learned from cosmetic magazines and dermatologists. Um, just don't tan your face, you know, yeah. put a hat on and just start getting comfortable with the rest of your body because you certainly, I mean, that's going to generate enough vitamin D. Yeah, that's great. But I've actually found like, yeah, since I've been tanning more, there's actually just stuff clearing up, you know, mm-hmm. like my, the ch- my chest area, again, it was fine, but definitely in my teens, there was a few burns on those, like, you know, blister moments mm-hmm. where it was like, oops. And so it just had more, a little more freckles than most, but that's all been going and it's just becoming like more of a one. Yeah. Yeah. It's really neat. That's so interesting that you say that because I have found that, and I just recently made this connection since I've stopped wearing lathering my face with sunscreen. Like I used to use the SPF moisturizers and like all of that. I don't really do that anymore. I do put a hat on if I'm in the sun for a long time, but, um, I have found that my skin just looks clearer. It just looks more healthy. Yeah. Well, Um, that's another thing that we can, I think, ease up on. Like if you're going to go from the mall to your car, you're okay. Yeah. You don't like, you don't need SPF foundation to like sort of do like a day of errands. I mean, of course, unless you're outside a lot, but you know what I mean? Like a casual, like running in and out and like barely being outside We've got to undo that because that's not like a harsh load on the face. It's mm-hmm. not allowing the breathability of the skin to happen as well. Well, and I also feel like these messages of you have to, you cannot go outside without sunscreen. You cannot take your babies outside without putting sunscreen <laughs> on them. I feel like it's so fear-based and it's not really rooted in biology and rooted no, in reality. Because what we know, right? Lack of vitamin D creates things mm-hmm. like juvenile diabetes. Yeah. We need vitamin D now right. more than ever. Like it's okay. It's okay to not fear nature. It's okay to not fear the sun and be responsible with it, but we don't need to fear everything. And what does fear do? Fear creates stress, which lowers the immune system, which makes us sick, which makes us have all of these other health issues. And, um, I'm, I'm hoping that more, more and more people are starting to realize all of those kind of connections. Well, I think it also is just like, again, when I was in my teens and there was the messages of don't, and I just kept being like, it feels good. Mm -hmm. Like I feel good. It feels better. Well, and there is a reason why seasonal affective disorder is a real thing that (laughs) so many people experience. I experience it. I live in a cold state um, in the winter. I live in Utah. Like I am depressed in the winter. I am like all winter long. I'm not fully 100% depressed, but I am in the summer. I'm a completely different person. You feel more like you. Yes. Yes. I'm just more alive. It's I'm in a better mood most of the time in the winter I'm easily irritable you know I kind of just want to go into like my cave and like go under (laughs) the covers but I can't do that anymore because I have two young children and I know that I'm not like that's not a rare experience it's a very common experience and we have to question if that is a real thing and I think even a lot of you know medical doctors and all of this they acknowledge that why are we not talking more about the benefits of the sun and not slathering your body in sunscreen because I think, and I think you touched on this, but let's clarify, can you get the benefits of vitamin D when you're using sunscreen or sunblock? As I mean, maybe on some cases, but generally no, because of the chemicals and the way the SPF ingredients that make that work, the whole concept is to screen it. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. 
And, and I think you also touched on this, um, but isn't it true that when you're using sunscreen, which is usually like the heart, it's the really harmful, like the sunscreen with a lot of harmful chemicals. Yeah. Um, when you're using sunscreen, it's really just, it, it can even be more dangerous because it's a, it's a false sense of security because you're turning off your body's alarm system of the sunburn, Yeah. but you're not fully protected. So a lot of people think if they put sunscreen on, they can just be out in the sun all day long and they're 100% protected, but that's not true, right? No. And also, well, it's, yeah, and it'll vary to all the like SPFs and mm-hmm. all the variations out there. But what we, I mean, we know about the oxybenzene, but we don't know about all the other ingredients that we're just baking in and it's interesting too, because it's okay to get a tan somehow if you've achieved it through sunscreen, but yeah. whoa, you go out there all in your own with your own skin, watch out. Yeah. You just do it less, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who has a whole day anyway to be in the right. sun? <laughs> right. Okay. So if we don't live in a super sunny climate or I if don't. we live in a place with winter, yeah. yeah. What, what are our options if, if, you know, because I think you kind of talked about, and I've heard this from other people, synthetic vitamin D is not as optimal as the real thing. So what should we do? Yeah. Well, it's not always synthetic. It's just the supplement. Definitely have the supplement on hand for sure. And a lot Mm -hmm. of us really need to get that deep body uh, storage of vitamin D up because again, we could be at generational deficiencies here. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure we are Um, because I don't think my granny and my mom we're tanning at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so you want to get the reserves and you can also through some uh, doctors get a vitamin D IV and a vitamin D like a inter- like sub Q injection. And cause those can really help bring up the store of like the kidney storage of the vitamin D, like the reserves, that's mm-hmm. the deep reserves. Then, you know, you've got your supplement and just look for one that's like natural, you know, maybe it's an olive oil or coconut oil and get it with K2. Because they those two together are really essential and really good for bone health. And we need those K2 and D3 to drive in. They usher in the minerals into the bones, like calcium and magnesium. And without them, the calcium magnesium just sort of floats around in the blood serum. And we need it into the bones. Mm. Because, yeah, when the blood you got to go to the bones first, when the bones are saturated, then you go to the blood, you know, so you got to drive it in. So that's really key. And, um, again, I feel like stronger now because we didn't like, we didn't go away. So I didn't cheat for my vitamin D this year, so to speak. So I was like, I really had to figure out the winter this year. It's been a while. Mm -hmm. So again, I looked at the D minder. I was like, oh my God, the sun is coming here February the 12th with vitamin D being delivered. So that's when I started. And again, I just like opened up my windows. There was snow all around and then I'll just keep putting sunbathing into my schedule until mid-November where again, you store it up. So I am, you know, you can get mm-hmm. extra and store it. And then I'll, I'll cruise until, you know, probably January when I'll see that it runs out, take some vitamin D supplements and coast till mid-February. <laughs> That's good to know. I've never thought of it in that way of building up your reserves to kind yeah. of get you through the winter. I've never really thought about that, that that's possible. Yeah. We're like a little sort of solar battery. Yeah. That we can charge. So cool. Um, okay. So the big question, I think we've touched on this a little bit, but for the people out there that are still like, what, like this is, you know, this goes against everything I've ever learned about the sun. Does the sun cause cancer? And like, what, what are your thoughts on that? 
Well, from what I understand, what I, I, I just explored in my book, you know, with more details and citations and studies and science, um, but it goes back to, we talked about it a bit in the beginning where they, the Cochrane Review study and other reviews, uh, other studies show that the closer you live to the equator, the more recreational time you have in the sun, the chances of get, create or whatever, developing melanoma mm -hmm. are less. Yeah. And that sunscreens seem to develop more skin dysbiosis, skin disease, and moles and freckles. Mm -hmm. Do so again, it's burns, like what it's our relation, like what we're bringing. Do no, burns, burns cause will, cancer? Um, well, I think over time, if there's a burn repeatedly on an area, that mm -hmm. skin is gonna be, it's gonna have issues. Yeah. But again, you can use things then to heal it, you know, to help it a bit. Like yeah. uh, there are studies that show, and I talk about that in my book, some sandalwood, frankincense, geranium, they've all had studies that show um, they're able to sort of reorganize the cells, stop them from going down an abnormal pathway. You know, Nadine, why do you think it is that, and this is all, there is science to back this stuff up. You know, when I started learning about this yeah. a few years ago, I looked at the science. I, I looked, I, um, I read the studies and I was shocked because it went against everything that I knew. And why do you think it is that, and you're not the only one saying this stuff. I mean, there's so yeah. many experts and professionals and even doctors out there um, that are saying the same thing, but I feel like their voices are really silenced. And even when I, you know, little old me on my Instagram account <laughs> mentioned that I, we rarely use sunscreen unless we need it. I had so many nasty messages in my inbox. People get like, like aggressive about this. When you try to talk about it, why is that? Why is this information being like almost hidden from us? That I'm not too sure. And you remind me because it was just it was a couple of weeks ago, even um, Gwyneth Paltrow had posted and she just was like, and sometimes I'll just use a minimal amount of sunscreen, like on my nose or something. And wow, you know, so much backlash. Yeah. And then funny, the next week, an article came out and I'm sorry, I can't remember now, but like, uh, uh, you know, the New York Times or some something fairly mainstream and normal. Um, just talking about the chemicals and sunscreen causing uh, damage and that all, like all these sunscreens had these harsh chemicals and that and I was like that's you know so here is the answer to the backlash to Gwyneth Paltrow like it's not that yeah I don't know why because you would think sure there could be you know but it's interesting that um I don't know that there's anger over somebody. Like if you just decide to do that, mm -hmm. like right. that it has to be a whole thing. Yeah, I know. I mean, but I, know I, I think the book by Dr. Bernard Ackerman, I mean, that that literally is the the holy grail of all books. And he deeply goes into it. I mean, he and he's like the pro and yeah. he goes through all the dermatological studies. And I think, though, I don't think it's like anything necessarily nefarious. I just think really what you know in the 40s it was like basically better living through chemistry and our whole lives became chemicalized mm -hmm. and a lot of sort of systems were built around that and I think we're still there you know I think we're still yeah. dealing with that yeah 
For sure. And I think it's really difficult for people to hear information mm-hmm. that is different from what they've been taught because yeah. it's, it's hard to believe that you were, and I don't want to say lied to, because I think the majority of the people spreading this information are not um, purposefully lying. They're just repeating things that they've learned that they've been taught. And well, yeah, I mean, when we, it's hard to get to the original source of information or whatever, right. like, I don't, you know, where did it all start? Yeah. Who knows? And yeah. that's just what we, you know, decades we've been told that. Mm-hmm. And I think when you're, we have these fear-based messages, like we talked about early, earlier, and we're, we're thinking, okay, if we're in the going in the sun, we're going to cause cancer, we're going to cause damage. I think that that really maybe puts people on the defense. Um, yeah, for sure. Because it's, it's those, danger yeah, those, to them. Oh yeah. Well, and those are serious diseases and melanoma mm-hmm. is like, can be fatal. Right. So, you know, it's not something uh, to be taken lightly, but right. in our denial of the sun and our promotion of sunscreen, we're not actually maybe dealing with some of the root causes of melanoma and it may be like preventing us from looking at other perspectives and actually like making some impact to preventing it. And I, I say this a lot with related to other things too, but I think that partly what's happened here is that there has been a quote unquote solution created for a perceived problem that might be worse than the problem itself and might be causing, I, I always say this, whenever we're creating anything through technology or, you know, innovations or science or chemistry or whatever, there is bound to be negative repercussions of that. There is bound to be consequences. And when we're not paying attention to those consequences. So like for sunscreen, it's that we're not getting the benefits of the vitamin D. So now we have all of these issues with a vitamin D deficient population. Um, and also it's not giving you 100% protection and it, it is carcinogenic. So we have all of these new issues that are created, but we've created a culture in which we're not, re- it's really taboo to talk about any of that. And we're not addressing those issues that are being created when in reality, if we really just understood the sun and the way that our bodies work, we could utilize this resource really wisely and intuitively. Exactly. Yeah. And for sure, we don't want to get burned. And there's times we got to have that wisdom, but we can so be having a relationship with the sun and working with it. You know, there's a poem from Hafiz that's something like, you know, the sun has been my lover for millions of years. Mm-hmm. And I just love that because our skin was designed to be exposed to the sun's rays. And luckily, you know, it's like 2021. We don't have to like, generally speaking, many populations on the planet are not in survival with the elements anymore. So we can have a really more languid and lavish relationship with the elements because we can go back to our homes or our shelter or our hats, you know, and we can, we can go out and engage with the world and the elements and then go back home. So it's not like a survival story. And so, yeah, let's do it and, and let it revive our being because we're certainly like struggling otherwise. Yeah. For you know, sure. we're not sleeping. We've got, you know, we've got mm-hmm. melasma, hyperpigmentation and skin cancers already. Yes, um, you know, we are certainly stuff. not a healthy, a generally healthy <laughs> society. Yeah. So we have to question, what are we missing? Well, Nadine, thank you so much for joining me. That was 
amazing. I, I've been so excited for this interview um, because I really <laughs> like, I like talking about this topic. I think it's yeah, fascinating. Um, it can you tell listeners where they can find you, what resources you offer? You've talked about your books um, and, and your products. Can you just tell us a little bit more about where we can find all of that good stuff? Yeah. So livinglibations.com is your portal to all things. And there's lots of articles there as well. Different things. I've got a couple on, on sun and, but really the deep dive is in my book, Renegade Beauty, which is on the site or wherever books are sold, Amazon and uh, the rest. And it's also audible. There's audible on the dental book and Renegade Beauty as well. Amazing. Thank oh, you. I, oh, so I just want to say too, oh, yeah. feel free to, you can email us any questions, like we'll take them all. Hopefully we can, you know, hopefully we know, or we can set you on the right path. And we also do free uh, half hour consults. Awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you so much again for joining us, Nadine. Thank you. Take care. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please subscribe and leave a review if you feel called to. It really helps our message reach more parents. You can also follow me on Instagram at Taylor Kulik for similar content or visit my website at www.taylorkulik.com. I offer online courses where we really dive into infant and toddler sleep holistically. And we also offer one-to-one holistic sleep support services if you're looking to improve your child's sleep or shift patterns without sleep training. If you know a parent who would benefit from this podcast, please share. And if you'd like to financially support this podcast to allow me to create more episodes more often, you can visit anchor.fm slash Taylor I hope you'll join me next time.